Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. I'm excited. This is fun. This is good. The person I'm going to introduce you to, I've known him for a long time, a long time. We've We've swapped emails, messages, phone calls. He is big in the Pardot community. He is a four-time certified Pardot consultant. He's an admin. He's a trainer to the stars. 2020 Salesforce Marketing Champion, part of our Marketing Champion series. And he's also, a hobby you know, the coach of the Ninja Laser Eagles t-ball team which we will most important most, most important. important yes and then following that found all the other stuff salesforce <laughs> consultant trainer cypress learning systems brandon walden how are you sir i'm doing well casey how are you thanks for having me good man it's good to link this thing up we actually were been chatting for a couple minutes already about soccer and about kids and you you got some great artwork behind you on there for those that want to check out the video best um, papa ever best papa ever you know, maybe that's the name of this, this episode. You, you could take um, creative uh, freedom, creative liberty on that if you'd like. Absolutely. Okay. Good, good. And we'll make that the logo of the, yeah, perfect, <laughs> right? No, that's cool, man. Um, well, I'm excited to have you here, right? Like there's so many things to talk about. We're both working in the email marketing. We're working in marketing automation. We're helping people learn this stuff. And so we're going to be able to smash some things together, talk about some good stuff. Email deliverability right? A lot of people talk about designing it or what should be on it, but you got to get that message through, man. So I, I can't wait to get chatting with you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pass you this thing. It's really kind of heavy though. All right, here it is. Right. You got it? All right. It's a Thor's big hammer. hammer. Go ahead, grab that Thor's thing. hammer. Okay. I think I'm All worthy. All right. All right. Got, it. got it. Okay. <laughs> Take Thor's hammer and smash okay. for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all. Sure. Um, I mean, we could talk a ton about email deliverability, Casey. I would say um, the number the number one thing, I don't know, it, myth may, maybe doesn't qualify as a myth, but I would say that the biggest pet peeve, and you touched on a little bit, is going berserk on email design. I, I would yeah. say in my years of doing this, I think I've been doing this for over 10 years before we both do Pardot, but before Pardot. You're aging probably, yourself here. You're dating yourself. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but, you know, I have never seen uh, an email not convert because um, someone used Helvetica over Arial or some ah. you know, downloaded <laughs> premium Adobe font. And in this space, that, that comes up so often where you get in these large ongoing engagements where they're like, oh, well, we need this specific font and we need all these images and and uh, I think the biggest myth for all the email designers that are out there is HTML5 type stuff inside of emails one it's not going to help with converting things any better from anything that I've seen maybe you've seen different but anything that I've seen secondly it actually hurts email deliverability not only because the more code and and, and external um, style sheets and scripts that you're looking to reference, not only is that um, more risky for just getting sent to the inbox, um, but in addition, when you are dealing with folks that have different email clients from 
uh, Thunderbird to Outlook to old Outlook to Gmail to Apple Mail to whatever else is out there. All of the crazy design requirements of, oh, I've got this shooting star that needs to go right behind these mountains and there need to be two <laughs> different elements. With sparkles. With sparkles coming out of the back of it. And you're like, all right, well, great. One, I've never, I have never seen in, in my years of doing this, an email like that convert more than an email that just says, hi, Casey, how are you? It looks like we, we are reaching out to you because of this. Learn, click here to learn more. You click that button, do all your crazy website stuff. That is, I would say, yeah, my, my biggest pet peeve, and I'm feeling myself getting excited over something in all these crazy design projects that come in um, where it's just very over-the-top design, and they want to push that into email. So I think that the number one thing is emails have to be these crazy designed, built-out things. Simpler is better. Simpler is better. Simpler I think that's going to be the first, first myth that I would like to throw out there. And hopefully there's lots of designers and, and lots of marketing managers who maybe are spending tons of money on email design and spending a ton of time on email templates. Um, keep it simple. Keep, keep, it, keep simple. it simple. <laughs> it's amazing how we can overcomplicate things. Tell, what, kind of, what kind of goofy requests have you had? You know, I would say a lot of it is, so when you have designers, um, and great designers, mind you, um, yeah. you know, they're really building for, we've, we live in this world of, uh, you know, responsive HTML, bootstrap everything, and so it's like, we're going right. to build this background image where there's different elements in the background image, we want to have these layered in different ways. Um, that goes out the window when you're, when you're moving things over to email. And then even uh, in addition to that, and I would say probably more importantly, when you're dealing with like an email builder, so drag and drop email builders obviously are super popular. Um, if you look at them, they're all built around, let's set things up in very much like you're building a website in the year 2000. You're building uh, yeah. your MySpace page, right? Like yeah. table, 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 you know, row, 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 row. Um, so I think that's where people can get in hot water where, uh, as, as a consultant or consulting when you're uh, building something out for a client and they have this expectation of, okay, well, we want to be able to swap this background image. We want to make it interface with this front image here. <sighs> you might make it work well in a, um, you might make it work well in like your rendering tool. Like if you're yeah. using something like Pardot, you, oh yeah, we got it working in there and it might work great in Gmail. There's just so many other devices and form factors and stuff to take into consideration that, uh, those that's the number one project that always gets blown out of proportion very quickly um, in, right. in my experience for very little return on the investment. If you're spending money on something that's going to ramp up a sale or get more engagement, that's one thing. Um, Cause like, you know, with outlook too, here's, here's the thing that you tell people um, a lot of these platforms, yeah, they have to approve the images anyway. So you have this great yes. you know, image type thing and it just comes in a bunch of X's in half of the, the emails that it goes out anyway. So um, that's, well, that's a fun a, one. That's a big deal, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you could spend a lot of cycles making the prettiest email ever. And it could yep. be just amazing. It could be glittery, but no one sees it. Maybe, yep. especially if you're new to them. If you're new to them, absolutely. So they have to approve images from this sender. And if you know, you're looking at the, the email marketing space, it's very different. Now, you know, we could talk about um, like system alerts from known senders and, and, and that's a whole different category of emails. We're not going to talk about right. that too much. Even then, they have that's to know who the sender is. They have to, yeah, <laughs> like your system update emails type right. stuff, which you, for now, for this conversation, we'll categorize that as a different category of uh, email communication and not marketing uh, communication. Yeah, the operational type email. Operational alerts yeah. type things. Um, 
But yeah, for marketing emails, I've just found simpler is better. Have your CTA in there, very clear. Really no need to spend a ton, a ton of time and resources on getting it built out. Um, but you, you can make it look good. There's things that you can do to make yeah. your emails look good. Add some background color, add some text, add some cool buttons, add a, add a, do, are you a, are you in the school of GIF or GIF? That's a great debate, man. <laughs> Maybe we should just spend the rest of the podcast just discussing <laughs> this. Um, I say GIF. Yeah, I what say GIF say? too. Okay. I say, I say GIF too, but I hear it like, you know, GIF, GIF, GIF. Yeah, uh, but yeah. there's a peanut butter it's named GIF. And they don't yeah, spell it that G. way, do they? Yeah. It's a J, right? G. It's a G, J and G. But Jiffy Lube, right? Jiffy Lube. Lube. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's It'd be Giffy Lube if they spelled it the other way. Yeah. So I mean, tomato, tomato is how I've always approached it. I know what someone's saying if they're referring to it. I say GIF. Um, I might, if I'm talking to somebody who's saying GIF over and over, I might say GIF. Uh, what you should do is just stop the conversation and correct them immediately. <laughs> to no. There are some absolute truths in this world. Maybe not around morality, but for sure, you cannot call it a GIF. I will, I will end this call right now. Well, I'm but, uh, kidding. Yeah. Kind of, but not really. I don't know. Fire the client. Hold on. You called it what? Sorry, we're, we're done. Well, you could say the same thing about Pardot, right? You could say- Oh, the hard Pardos. Yeah. 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 Well, I've that's some clients that's in France, and they don't even say it that way. Like, come no. on. These renegade French Canadians. You listen to this. It is Pardot. Hard dot with the hard T, and I know you've done a lot around that too. And you you dress up like your cowboy, and you bang bang as the part dot dress with the hard T. I, I love it. You mean I when, when I when I wear my actual daily clothes? When you when you when you show your true self. My when you true show, self. When, you, when you this know? when the true cowboy comes out, um, and and you are in your in your natural state as as cowboy, correcting people on the on the hard T, uh, and right. the and the gifts and the gifs and the hard T. Yeah. But that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, we call things differently and I do want to come back to the whole, make them good, but there's a bunch of things I'd love to just sort of unpack here. One is that the concept of you have the designer that's kind of separated out from the whole email process. And right. this is, you know, this is the same trouble you get in to when you have marketing disconnected from sales. If you've got somebody and they're not really a part of the overall process and let me just send you a Photoshop. You know, let me just send you a PDF right. of the design you should use. It's yeah. like, there's more to email than that. You can't just do that. But tell me about what did HTML5 do in this situation? It sounds like it opened up Pandora's box and it gave people all these more capabilities. And it's, it sounds like a distraction. We just shouldn't use them. But like, what, what are the different things that people are like, oh, I can, you mentioned layers. What else do, is there from all this? Yeah, so uh, HTML5 is, is part of um, just uh, browsers. And when we talk about browsers, we're talking about Chrome, uh, what used to be uh, Internet Explorer, now Edge, um, Mozilla, uh, Firefox. We're talking about the browsers that when you go to um, um, CheshireImpact.com, that renders a certain way. So right. HTML5 is just modern browsers, and they're able to read things in cooler ways more than <laughs> they were able to uh, back in the year 2000, where right. you like you couldn't pass like some HTML5 specific code that's calling out, all right, this is a video. And so now you render this as a style of a special video or particularly, I think 
where I have a, a very emotional thing is like this back, this, the idea of layered backgrounds, which in like HTML5, you can do really cool things. You have these CSS elements and you have this uh, Z index where this is a Z index of one, this is a Z index of negative one. So mountains are going to show up behind the picture of that. Astro yeah. or the case or, or Casey, you know, hiking or whatever. And so you got these separate yeah. elements that can engage with each other in different ways and it's done light. So you don't have to render this like flash thing on the back end. Um, so there's really cool things in HTML5 that allows pages to load faster and load quicker. But now you take that away and you go back into this email client space, which is for a lot of people, some program that they've downloaded on their computer. Maybe it's Outlook 2007 that they're still running on because you know what? I know Outlook 07 and this is what I run and it's supported by Microsoft and this is, this is what I use. Well, that's not going to have any HTML5 stuff. So this beautiful no. email that you have that you've spent, you know, you've built a uh, 200 hours against this project, making sure that this mountain lines up behind this shooting right. star or something like that. Well, this person in 2007 is looking at like an email that has a picture of a star somewhere up top and then some picture of a cloud down below and everything's just all jumbled up because it's not designed to, to do that. Right. Um, but what you can do is have a little button on that email, very clear email, like, hey, Casey, we're sending you this because you're awesome and you did this thing. Check this out to learn more and then go nuts on the web page. Go nuts yeah. on the web page. Yeah, you know, hey, you, when you click here, we're going to show you some layered shooting stars. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to yeah. show it to you on your email because yeah. you're right. You, you could, the worst thing could happen, you could get people, their images aren't showing, but there's all these boxes taking up spaces anyways. And now you've got all these boxes and people don't even see text and they're like, oh my gosh. What goofy spammer from Bulgaria? Sorry, Bulgaria. Sent I love Bulgarians. I, I love right? I love Bulgaria. I've got a lot of Bulgarian friends. Shout out to, to really? all my Bulgarian friends. Yeah, yeah. Do you really? Have you been there? I haven't been there. I haven't been there. I've always, I've always been too poor to make that kind of a travel. But yeah. um, I, I worked at Microsoft for a long time, very heavy on the vendor space, and uh, uh, yeah. a lot of Bulgarian friends there. Well, shoot. You know. Weird ideas come out of nowhere. We should have a Pardot user group in Bulgaria. We should both go there and, uh, and present. There might be one already. I think there is one. But, uh, yeah, we should present to them. I'd, I'd be up for that. Seriously. Well, you know, I, we went off on tangent with HTML5, but I, I want to take us back to how – oh, actually, I had a quick story for you. You know, um, you mentioned different clients because even if you design it and you get into the system, you get into Pardot, whatever you're sending with, the receiving client may be – one of many, and you mentioned a bunch. Like the, we've got, you know, on the browser side, you get Chrome, Edge, Mozilla, Firefox. There's so many email clients. And one time, I wonder if you have any of these stories like this too. Um, we had someone ask for some email wizardry, and um, it, we could make the email look exactly the way it should, make it look beautiful in all platforms except for Goldmine, or make it look good in Goldmine and terrible in all the other platforms. Right? Exactly. And unfortunately, they made the choice to make it good, look good in Goldmine because their executive leaders all received email in Goldmine. That's a warning sign right there. You probably don't want to sign up for a company. Hey, there's this thing called Salesforce people. Um, but but you know, it, those aren't the choices you want to make. Like it, a text email would have been perfectly fine, which is you just yep. said, save your magic for elsewhere. Yep, absolutely. And so, I mean, in, in that kind of a case, what are your other options is, okay, let's uh, collect, if, if possible, let's collect some information on the email client that people are using. There's probably tricky ways that you can potentially do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have, here's your goldmine version. <laughs> what yeah. I would probably do, all right, executive leadership, we're going to send them a goldmine. Just gold send them mine. a test email, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Look at how great this is. Because that's, the, and, and I mean, you've got the analytics to see, okay, how, what, 
how many uh, how many uh, people are viewing in um, Outlook versus this versus this versus this and build towards that, right? If your high converting customers are looking at your stuff inside of Apple Mail, maybe just focus on Apple Mail and, and figure out your list to where it's like, all right, let's double down on this Apple Mail thing. And you should be able to track that. You, sh you, sh you have the analytics if you're using any tool that's worth its um, monthly fees is going to show you some kind of analytics around that, who's opening yeah. it. And then that, you know, the idea, the reason why you're spending money on an automation platform that gives you those analytics is so you know what to focus on. And, right. and if you do have to have it, there's no way around it. Um, that gives you a, that gives you a better option if anything. Right. Save that magic for later. Save the, you magic. know, um, I guess one of the, I think that's the theme big. of when, you, when you're an older athlete, you get that too, right? You're like, I'm playing <laughs> rugby. I'm playing soccer. We're going to be out here for what? Uh, 45 minute halves. All right. I'm going to save my magic for about like, 44 minutes into this first half and then I'm going to score a goal. I'm just going to be warming up. <laughs> Cause what happens if you, if you use your magic the first five minutes, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, a younger version of myself had way more magic in that regard. And I could, I could make the magic go for a full uh, 90 minute match, but uh, yeah, oh, now, sure. now it's like save, save the juice, save the juice. And when you're talking about money, when you're talking about someone else's money, who's spending money on a consult, one of the things you got to do due diligence as a consultant is say, Look, let's save your magic. Let's save your money. If we spend, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars on this email template, if that's what it's going to roll into after all these that's iterations. A pricey email template, my friend. I've been an organization. <laughs> like I'd say, the most expensive. And this is funny. Newsletter email, and I was on. A, I was Ugh. on a big team at the time. Million dollars. A million dollar email. Million dollar email. Good times. Have you uh, have you uh, asked asked them if they need some consulting lately? Because that sounds like a great. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're they're still a client. They love me. I mean, and that was a big one. That 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 was a big one. I mean, it's in a lot of different languages, right? There was a lot of thing, a lot of stuff that went into it. But, um, yeah, yeah a million dollar email template. Think of that. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe that's the they, they just get big. They they get big with the back and forth with the redesigns sure. with the and, and in this case we were dealing with a lot of different languages and. It was, there was a lot of complexities to it. It was on a very large team. I was one of many on that team. So, I mean, if it was all me, um, I probably wouldn't be in this car. I'd be sitting on a, in, in a, in a beach somewhere with right. a million dollar home at least, but <laughs> at least, at least, um, well, man, uh, you know, sometimes what I've seen happen is, is you test that against like a text email and sometimes people are like, Oh, is the text going to do better? Maybe not. But what if it's the same? What if your text email tests the exact same conversion rate as your graphical email? Well, then maybe you can save yourself the heartache of this whole design process. And maybe it would have been better served just having a plain text email that's a little more personal than it's, you know, salesy and corporate and graphic-y. And so often, and you know this, I, I, you do emails like this too. There is a difference. There is the, we're going to invite you to a webinar and maybe that's a little bit more graphical and right. more of an invitation-based thing. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about sales and that sales and marketing alignment, I think I have found over time that the emails that convert the best if you're really looking to drive sales is the, it's an automated email. Hey, Casey, just checking in on you. Did, did you see this link? Or hey, Casey, just yeah. wanted to get some time on our calendar. Does it do any of these times? You know, something like that where you're not, you know, there's no shooting stars behind mountains and stars popping out in your appy and you're in a button that sits perfectly in the middle between these two peaks of the mountain. <laughs> so the purpose, right. I, you know, defining the purpose is very important. Oftentimes, I, in the myth, to so go back to the myth that we're looking to, um, to bust here is, 
do you need to spend a lot of time, money, energy, effort on email design? Um, and I think there's a lot of money that gets wasted in that, in that space. Yeah, it can use for a lot of better things, you know, better content for your buyers and just, or just send them a gift card. You know, I could have designed this email, but instead I decided to send you a gift card. Here you go. You Wouldn't know? that go so far? Wouldn't that go so far for- Seriously, the- especially the million dollar one. Hey, you know, um, <laughs> instead of designing this email newsletter, we're just going to say, screw the newsletter. We're going to send you an iPad. Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to send what would, yeah. Math and I'm not dead. Well, right, we're going to give over, we're going to go away a hundred thousand iPads or something like that. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you still save some money yeah. <laughs> on top of the whole thing. Um, yeah. Well, it, I think sometimes we, we get away from the intent of it. I, I love that you said, you know, really put some focus on defining the purpose of what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to impress people? And that's where we get in trouble marketing being the whole pretty design shop, the print shop for sales, the, we just make pretty graphics and trade show boots. Like, no, there's a goal here. We're trying to help sales grow a pipeline. Like, let's go people. Yep. Pretty, you know, make it pretty enough and then let's go. Pretty clear, concise messaging. If you're going to in, invest um, time dollars anywhere, put it, put it in the data, make sure that the data is good. Make sure yeah. that you have the right um, tokens, merge fields, whatever the platform that you're using calls it. So you can, um, deliver with a higher level of confidence that Casey's going to receive this email that's relevant to Casey that has all of Casey's right information in there. And it could be text email or it could be one of your standard templates, like a basic template in Pardot or yeah. whatever you're using that just you, you adjust the content, you add your, your merge fields, pop a button in there, send and, 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 and go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, strip out all the extra. I think that sometimes that design to your, to your myth, it, they can be distractions, you know, maybe it's because it's a known thing. Like, well, I know I can make this look good and I don't know how it's going to perform. I, I get it. But like, just because it's known, like you can't control everything, but the thing that you can't control is the thing you really want to make changes on. Like, okay, make it look professional, but now really spend the brain cycles on to your point, delivering the right message at the right time and not being distracted by the bells and whistles and the shiny shooting stars and the layered graphics. Yeah. I think from what I've seen is that goes, that goes a lot farther. Um, it goes a lot farther just in uh, conversion, ROI. Um, uh, everything. Yeah. All everything. the things, man. All the things that are important for email marketing. Um, I, I think that like pretty design would be uh, mm, toward, at least towards the bottom of the list. Okay. If you had a list of like five things, then what would you, what would you put in there? Five list for um, high no, like converting. The five things you like the, the priorities of thinking about your email you're going to send out. Yeah, Maybe we right. put graphics at five or whatever you want to do, but like what would be the, the things that come above that? Yeah, I mean, number one, and not to sound, I mean, if it's cliche, it's cliche for a reason, but it's uh, data, right? Making sure that the data is right. And so okay, if we're going to put yeah. that in a bucket, it's going to be making sure that, um, you know, if you're sending something out to people with a certain job title that you got the right job title. If you're using a tool like Pardot, if you're building a list, make sure that um, you've got the information that's building the lists out correctly. So number one is data because you don't want to send an email regardless of what it looks like to somebody who's like, why am I getting this? Like unsubscribe. (laughs) Um, Data would be number one. Um, Number two would be uh, timing and there's lots of studies around timing. 
Um, it, it, we know the old like, oh, well, you should be sending emails from on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from eight o'clock to nine o'clock. What happens with that? Now, every marketer on the planet is Tuesday. sending their emails on Tuesdays and Thursdays from eight and nine o'clock. And so in, in, in this space, I'm sure your emails the same. We probably have multiple inboxes like I do. And then it's like, like on clockwork, Tuesday, right. just, you know what I do? Mark as red, you know, onto my neck. So select all about, delete, maybe <laughs> select, yeah. select all delete and talking about email deliverability, people who are using Gmail and Outlook, they, they're tracking that information, right? Like how many, how often your stuff gets deleted. And that's an issue because if your emails are constantly getting deleted or marked as spam or moved to this spam inbox, what's that doing for your domain reputation? Even though people aren't going to Pardot and they're saying, Hey, this is spam. And you're getting that spam complaint. You look at it, you're like, oh man, I got an email open or hey, look, the deliverability is good. It didn't bounce, but silently someone's sending it to some promotional inbox inside of Gmail that, that disappears. And you're sitting there as a marketer like, oh man, things aren't bouncing. We're kicking butt. But you know what? Nope. They're going to the, they're going to the quarantine folder there. Those emails yeah. are getting socially distant from, from your buyer. Right. <laughs> um, it, it really, it makes every email important. Oh, you're just going to yeah. fill their inbox and. Google is thinking about that stuff for us. I mean, that's what I like about it in the first place. I get my biz email and my personal email through there because I know it filters the hell out of it. And yeah, I've, I've got the five different inboxes and, mm -hmm. but slowly over time, it's deciding, okay, this is garbage. It snuck through once, mm -hmm. not twice, not a third mm -hmm. time. Now you're lower and lower and lower until eventually you know, there's actually a spam folder in Gmail. I, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You go check it out and you go, oh, these are the worst of the worst. These yeah, are And there's worst. always like thousands of them in there, right? And you're like, oh, yeah. I haven't checked this all month. And you're like, did I miss anything from some? Cause some and, then, and this is why email deliverability is a super important. Um, I've had it with um, uh, like, well, not client, but people who are going to be potential clients. And yeah. like, I'm like, oh man, I didn't hear back from that person for a while. And then you go back and it's like their email got sent to your, your spam, the spam yeah, and you're like, okay, there's there's some issues going on there. Now I see why they're looking at moving their, uh, moving their platform. And if yeah. it's a domain issue, I mean, switching from one platform to another isn't going to fix the domain issue. It could fix an IP issue and other things. So then it becomes this whole other thing of all right, let's get a new domain, let's change up this, let's change up that, um, because the timing, right? You're and so I'd say. So if we're, if, if, if just so we can get to five points, otherwise we'll start getting to sub points and sub points, I would say um, timing and also cadence. So m maybe there's a tie between timing and cadence. Are you putting, the, are they separate to you? Let's, you let's them? keep them separate. I would say okay. second and third, but maybe it's like a tie. And, and, and I, I know that you've probably had clients like this as well, where it's, we want to send an email in the morning and an email in the afternoon. And we want to hit these guys until, Oh, they, they, they completed this form. They're interested. They're hot. Let's email these guys more and more and more and more and more yeah. because they're hot. We're going to email them until they buy. Um, so cadence is also super important. Um, so the strategy behind cadence, I think is also very important um, because we have the ability to send things out at meaningful time. So timing and cadence are kind of timed together um, off of a trigger your dynamic list opportunity stage is this for this contact. Let's put them on this uh, nurture program or engagement studio because they're here, mm, but being like very careful about that cadence. So 
when someone's hot, you're not just emailing them more and more and more and more and more, but you're emailing them something relevant um, and you're reaching out when something changes or when something relevant happens because we've got the ability to do that today. We've got the ability to listen to that information and use those triggers for when those emails go out. And it's not just the, the old days of, of, of spray and pray of, hey man, I just updated this um, Windows server and we can send out a million emails right now. So let's uh, load it up with emails and see what happens well, yeah let's just <laughs> let's just shoot these puppies out and see, and see where they land yeah like shotgun yeah and they have a machine gun approach you know what's funny you got me thinking when you were talking about that the the timing but that also the the cadence and almost like being too eager it's almost like you know a date or something and or i love the date analogy with email you're swapping messages so and then someone like they're not totally interested but they're like Hi, you know, how's it going? I'm, I'm looking back at your response. And you're like, oh my God, she looked at me. <laughs> and, and that's what, so and, Brandon, and we know that. I, I think she wants to get married, dude. I'm going to send her. <laughs> this I'm is gonna the one. Her. I'm going to keep texting her. And then she's like, you're like, how you doing? And she's like, pretty good. And you're like, yeah, me too. You know, I was thinking about you the other week and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, weird. <laughs> or what's worse or what's worse. Here's the one that you've also seen. People have gotten a lot better with it now, but in the early days of people adopting a marketing automation where they're like, oh, we could do this now. Hey, I saw you open my email. Hey, I saw you clicked on my link. <laughs> it's right. kind of the same thing. Hey, I saw the uh, text message went to red. Hey, are you reading it now? Are you there right now? It's, and, and that's, so to going into cadence, that's another big <laughs> mistake that people make is like someone sees interest. Oh man, she liked, she liked my picture on, she gave me a double tap on Instagram. Let me slide into her DMs real quick. Right. You know, doesn't really work out in dating, although I'm far removed from the dating scene. Um, but it, uh, it doesn't You never know, right? 2020 could work now. You never know. May, may, I don't well, we'll go into Twitter. I've I got friends in that space who, who their Tinder strategy is swipe, 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 swipe. And apparently that's a thing. Um, I mean, you the know, point is, is cool yeah. though, you know, to, to your point, right. you got to play cool. You know, the prospect is okay. Well, what's it, show me what you got here. And you're like, well, here's something you might find really helpful. Yes. Let it, let it simmer. Let it marinate. You know? Not, did you get that? Did you get my email? That's what my spam box shows. Yeah. Hey, just following up on my earlier message, <laughs> yeah. my previous email. You yeah. You I reported that one for spam too, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. Seriously. You got to be smooth. smooth. Right. Okay. Smooth email. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan smooth. Walton. Smooth operator. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that it is. Smooth, smooth marketing ops. Smops. Ooh, might be. Might, yeah. <laughs> Might be time for a rebrand. <laughs> right, right. Hey, time for a rebrand. Um, well, dude, okay, so we got Smooth data. Email marketing with Casey Cheshire. <laughs> okay, you're now the host. I'll be the <laughs> talking. What's number four, you think? Um, so what do we have right now? Um, I'm, I am not taking notes right now. I got data, timing. data, timing. You want a little co-captain here with cadence. Yep. And, um, and number five, we say, is like What's graphics four? and design. Four is going to be... Maybe there isn't. Maybe we'll just put design in four. But, you know, I, I guess if we're going to put anything, I guess it would just be the, um, well, see, and now, and now it's getting all jumbled. This is my problem with lists, right? Because, like, lists are more bullet point. They're all important. But I'd say four would be, and, and I, I, we're tying four and five together, and maybe five is, maybe four is graphics and, and five is the other one. But I think it's important. That is just, um, uh, technical setup, right? If we're talking about this, if this is the email deliverability list or the important thing of email, just making sure that um, you're set up the right 
the right way. Make sure that you've got your, that I would say SPF domain key stuff. Oh yeah. If the, if the tool you're using has the DMARC and all that good stuff, just making sure that's set up. Cause then, I mean, the issue there is you have, if you're on G, if you're on Google, you have that big thing like this email might not come from who it says it's from. Um, or it's like the, a lot of little trailing, like this is sent on behalf of da, 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 or it just goes straight to that box. Seriously. Um, so yeah, nothing, was, nothing just, helps your conversions out like having a an official warning from Google right, on the right. top of your email <laughs> saying that this could be a hacker. This like, is a hacker, yeah, exactly. Kind of, you know, kind of like with your SSL SSL certificates are also like one of those like, oh, I gotta renew the SSL certificate. Right. Otherwise, Table Google's six. like, this site is not trusted. Yeah. Don't click here. It's not trusted. Don't click here. And that's basically <laughs> what those banners say. And it's just you know, if if you're if you're not set up the right way, then. Um, so yeah, so a technical setup. See, it, and here's my problem with lists, Casey, is now I'm like reevaluating the whole list. Should that be number one? A lot of, you know, we could have this, we could go down this whole list again and re-categorize re it all. Um, but I would say towards the bottom of that list, every single time consistently is going to be like the, the graphical design of your email. Right. I'm a, I'm a very binary person, very a Boolean person. So it'd be like, yeah. yes or no, right? Like right. the list kind of blurs things out. Um, but if you were to, if you were to say, is this important? Yes or no? I would say yes, yes, yes on all of those. And then if you said graphic design, I would probably check no on that box because you can do a lot with text email message. For sure. My most successful emails are all, all text. I mean, it, show me one that performs better that isn't personal note from Casey Cheshire or Brandon Walton. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people care you know, far more about Casey Cheshire than they do Brandon Walton, but the same idea. No, nay, nay, you're the man, sir. Casey. You're the man. You are, you know, I, I wanted to say this to you. Now we're recording, so I'll say it to you like, you are, uh -oh. you are an inspiration. It's going to turn red now. You, 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 you have created this monster, right? Like a big mm. part of like my passion about this is like, like wa watching you. So I, I tip my hat to you, sir. I'm Thanks, not wearing man. one. I appreciate that. I appreciate well, you. I, I just, I just love what I do, you know, and I think that's important. So you just important. keep, you know, anybody can do that. Just love what you do and you don't even notice what, ha what happens after that. But it's neat to think about just some of the years that have gone by where we're just, we're doing this and, and a lot of people have improved their game, but there's so many more people out there to help. I know that's why you got into it as well, just to mm -hmm. help people step their marketing up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it's, it's fun and you like it. And even, and even when, um, was it, I think this might've been a blog post from you from a long time ago and it's always stuck. And, and you were talking about like embrace the suck. It was, is a Marine thing. Yeah. God embrace it. <laughs> I think it's like, like a, it. and you probably go back to like 2013 blog. I'm pretty sure it was for me. And you know, like, I remember reading it way back then, like seven years ago. And I'm like, you know what? Embrace the suck. Cause some days I, you know, I live in Seattle. A lot of people using, especially back then when part of it was this Atlanta thing, everybody was on the East coast. So it was like yeah. 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., not 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Oh, I'm waking up and getting coffee and I'm going to go on a jog. It's like, nope, there's someone drilling me on a phone call at 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. And, that, and I remember reading, I was like, you know what? Embrace the suck because um, this is going to pay off um, in 2020 when I have two kids. And, no, <laughs> but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, like, it's like you, you can't run away from challenge it's usually better to head it on because if you run away it just gets bigger or bigger, bigger. you just get weaker from it so you just gotta i mean I, I don't like drama like the rest of everyone but you know sometimes you just gotta go forward and and hit, hit it, it in the mouth yeah yeah i've got some people on my team who are just really good at that i'm like ooh, i don't know if i would have said that but it worked really well like i'm glad you did that you didn't 
like shy away from the elephant in the room. Like you shouldn't send that email. You and should, I would say you're, you, the, the, reason why you're, the reason why you're successful is because you've got a team of people who don't shy away from that message. That, yeah. that is so important. And, and when you're, and when you're building that team, right, finding those people who are like, are you a go-getter? Are you somebody who wants to solve a problem? Are you the type of person that when there's adversity, when there's challenges, when there's someone who's questioning you, you're not yeah. like, well, I'm a 2020 marketing challenge champion. Believe everything I say. It's like, all right, yeah, look, I know I, you don't know who I am. You don't care who I am. You got a big problem. I get solved. Like, yeah. And there's people who get that and that's their mentality and everything that they do. Like I want to take someone who's a naysayer. I want to take someone who's a doubter of what I am. And I'm going to, by the time you're done with me, sir, that's, I'm going to flip that on its head. If you build a team around that, you're kicking butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like, it's really doesn't, it doesn't serve anyone to not do that. Right. To let someone walk off a cliff. You know, one time we were doing a part on implementation and another company was doing the Salesforce implementation and you know, how it goes when they're not chatting. Like we, we heard that they were going to do something. I mean, it's like freaky. It was like, they're going to create a brand new pro like lead object or like a custom, like a def- custom object for a contact or something that you was just going to completely whack. But you're like, why would a, someone who's a Salesforce implementation partner even recommend that? But sure. Right. <laughs> right. But, but it, w- it was like a yes thing because technically uh-huh. the client had asked, Hey, could we do something? Can we do this? Like here, here's what I think we should do. Instead of being like, Oh, what are you trying to do? And then molding whatever needs to mold to it. They're like, yeah, sure. We'll build it for you. Charge you for the thousand hours or whatever. Yeah. And, was, and, I, and so we had to have a call. I'm like, don't do this. You're going to block your integration for all of time. Like it's not worth it. What are they, what are you trying to do? So you need to have, I feel like that's like what family does, right? Family advises like, okay, you might be pissed at me, but I'm going to be telling you, you shouldn't do this or you should do this. Or, you know, maybe you'll get over it. Maybe you won't, but I would feel bad if I didn't tell you not to marry that girl. She's crazy <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's consulting, right? That's a, and right. that's the difference between um, consulting and being an admin, right? And right. there is a huge difference. There's a lot of very talented admins that understand ways to get things done. As a consultant, your role, your job is to have have gone through that path, right? And say, well, here's five reasons why you don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> that I can just think of right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can rattle them off. <laughs> rattle them off. Makes sense. Um, you know, you, you've mentioned lists a couple times and, you know, I recently saw a post from someone saying like, Hey, tell me about, you know, zoom info. And I really want to get a list of people and or I want to borrow my friend's zoom info account. And what's the best way to send a cold email with a list like this? And I was just like, Oh, it was just one of those posts where it's like, they're asking the wrong question, but the question indicates that they're just, they need, they need some counseling here. They're going down the wrong path here. What's your take on, on the dirty little secret of marketing, on the lists, on the yeah. Zoom infos of the world. Yeah, you know, I mean, marketing is about lead generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for a lot of businesses, a lot of startups, a lot of small businesses, um, there's the white hat approach that we uh, always uh, advise for initially, right? And that is, here's how you build your list. You, you, you build out like amazing content, like what you're doing, right? You are, you are the example of white hat marketing. You want to know about Pardot? We're going to... We have regular updates that we're sharing with you for free. And then, yeah, if this is interesting to us, you can contact us and we can talk about projects for a lot of small businesses. That's a challenge because look, we're getting started. If we don't 
get sales in right away, then or get leads into the funnel right away, then we're done in two months. And so it is a challenge. And you know what Zoom Info's given you the ability to do is access all this information. And you know what they say is this is all information. So Zoom Info, and I would say um, I am a fan of Zoom Info because the way that they get their information and scrub their information is done the right way. Okay. There's other places, there's other people who provide lists like affiliate marketer lists that are in Bulgaria, Not, right? Of <laughs> I'm sure, you know, where it's, it's kind of a, a similar approach. Now, where I would say we're talking about email deliverability. When I talk to people who have this need and they're saying, you know what, we need to just, we, we know that we're targeting these kind of companies. We need to find these people in these kind of companies. Yeah. We want to reach out to these people in these kind of companies, but we're using Pardot. My first thing is saying, well, don't do that using Pardot. And then they get upset because they're like, well, we bought Pardot. We're spending $25,000 a year on this thing. And da, da, da. Yes. Now you want that $25,000 a year to keep working for you, right, Casey? And you kind of right. do the card sales and you shake your head, right? You don't want to send emails out to people on a list that's going to get your um, IP address blacklisted. And then you're going to go to spam boxes, right, Casey? And Casey's yeah, and I'll lose my subscription even though I lose your subscription. Yep. You, want, right. you don't want to get booted from the platform and pay for this thing that you can't send emails from, right, Casey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, true answer to the zoom info is if that is part of a strategy and they can't get around it there are other tools out there that um allow you to there's rules around these other tools one um that i've worked with actually qu quite a bit again and recommended to customers who are doing this and this yeah. is not a promotion this is not a plug by any means but there's a tool called clickback the reason why i'll talk about this tool called clickback is because they do some important things that's relevant when we're talking about email deliverability one is part of their service when you sign up for that thing, they're gonna set you up with a domain that's like your domain. So rather than <laughs> it coming, yeah, rather than it coming from CheshireImpact.com, if this is if you're if you're going to Zoom Info and you're looking up everybody who's um, a Pardot admin in the world or something like that, and you want to spam these people, um, don't do it from uh, CheshireImpact.com because right. that's gonna damage your domain reputation, which is gonna damage deliverability. So what these guys do that's pretty slick is you know it might be um, Cheshire.training, you know, or some, or some kind of alternate right. domain of that, totally separate from your brand, totally separate from what you're doing, still a representative of your brand. And then you can send that to the cold ones and you keep that out of Pardot. Now Smart. that becomes step one. And then for people who are responsive to that, then you can say, all right, hey, hey, thanks for responding. My name is Casey. I'm the owner here. And, and then that's when your Pardot kicks in. So you're doing that initial scrubbing somewhere out of your expensive tools then these other tools cost a lot less they're more limited um but um pardot especially when you're using pardot and salesforce it really needs to be treated as um that golden org right this is yeah. this is the golden stuff keep the clean stuff in here because of the way that it engages with not only your top of funnel but when you're talking about middle funnel, you're talking about re-engaging old customers you want it to work. You want that piece to work and you want to protect it. So um, right. when we're talking about Zoom Info, uh, what I teach is you use another tool for, if, if, you, if you think, all right, this, this is maybe a little bit dicey, <laughs> test it on a totally different platform. Interesting thing, um, like other platforms like MailChimp. So I mm -hmm. have found like, again, from being in this space, Pardot, I've realized Pardot is actually one of the more forgiving platforms. Um, they have somebody who will reach out to you and say, hey, it looks like we have a complaint. It looks like there's an issue. Can we talk through what's going on? Um, right, we're like, shout out to Skylar. <laughs> yeah, one, yep, one, there's a few people. They're just great is, people yeah. on that team. And, um, you know, other platforms um, that are smaller, you know, maybe half the cost, half the price. You just log in one day like, oh, no, you got a complaint. You're booted. Sorry. Wow. Um, you know, which one's and, that? Which one? Yeah. 
So th- there's a few of them. I know, I know MailChimp has a very low tolerance of that. So They used to not, right? But I think everyone was like, oh, I'll just use a, a free MailChimp burner account and then I'll yep. be fine. And a lot of people are doing that. So MailChimp is just like, psh, psh, I've noticed. Um, yeah, they, they crack down on that. Um, I want to say like a campaign monitor. There's, there's all these other mm. tools that, that, you know, I, th- I think what it is is like the tools that are more month to month, more uh, like the cost effective tools or in, in the freemium tools where they have that risk where it's people who are doing exactly what I'm talking about yeah. doing where it's like, I got this list. I don't know how good it is, but I'm going to run it through this MailChimp thing because it's free. Those ones, um, they, they, they've gotten pretty strict and, and, they, and they block people out pretty quickly. Got it. From, and, from and what I've like, seen. And they have to, right? Because to your point, they're dealing with the sort of churn and burn and, and they got to protect themselves. Otherwise, all of their deliverability will suffer. I remember once had a, a client come over to part out from Acton and this was several years ago. So hopefully Acton has changed their, their ways. But he got a 50% deliverability on an email he sent to people that he knows and who know him by name. And and I'd never seen that, right? Like you, I was almost like in my, my little perfect little world over in Pardot, you know, getting some good delivery. Oh, was it 98? Was it 99? Was it 96? <laughs> you know, and then 50. I'm like, what is that? But he knew what was happening. They were blasting emails. They just weren't following the rules of the road. Too many emails are going out via Google, not spacing them out. And it looked like spam to a lot of filters. So they were getting filtered. A lot of government addresses too, to be fair, but like, it just was just, it just was hard. So yeah, these things are out there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, shared IP addresses too, right? Where you could be doing everything yeah. right at your domain level, but you're um, sharing an IP with someone who's signed up for free for this platform because they're right. like, you know what? I got this list that I, that I purchased from, um, you know, Facebook info cipher dot dark web dot net, you know, or whatever it is. 50 free Twitter followers dot com. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, what's a free tool that I can pump this through to see if I can get some quick wins out of this. Right. One, a lesson, don't do that in Pardot. Really treat Pardot as your golden org because it is, it's like the that. expensive tool and it's there to be connected to your CRM data. You want to preserve it. You want to protect it. Um, same in, in just your, your main sending domain as well. So another great email deliverability tip, if possible, have a marketing domain. You look at, um, bigger companies like um i i know you like using the the um analogy of, of of amazon amazon has multiple domains that they send um emails for depending on what list you're on and what you're um sure. subscribing to people don't have an issue with that right if i know that i'm getting something from from uh, cheshire impact but it's like you know cheshire training.com and yeah. i see the branding and it makes sense i'm you know okay great you know and you could send that from a different service to you know uh, on a systems level internally you're doing whatever you need to do to make sure that you know all right. these messages are coming out from the right place um but yeah it, it's not just all right let's send everything from part we got this pardot tool let's just send everything from this pardot tool right. um huge deliverability um tip right there right like hot tip alert i don't know if you have an after effect hot so tip. going like a, like a little like porn or something but yeah you use different services and and um it it goes it goes a long way because it's diversifying right like diversifying your your emails there it is man boom mic drop he just takes off his headphones he walks out the door he's like i'm out i'm done I delivered it. <laughs> what more can I teach you? You cannot see you lunchtime. You must leave the cave. You must fly away and fight the Darth Darth Vader's of the world. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of using it as the protected place, the place where you want to get emails to people who want to get your emails. Right. So if you, if you want and and for the record, sending spam or the spin of unsolicited emails is, is quite inefficient. There's a, there's a reason for that. And people are trained to that. So it's not going to be your savior. There's a lot of other great lead sources and ways you can do it. If you want to do it, like knock yourself out. I have a similar approach where it's like, try it. You know, marketing's try something, see what happens. As long as you're not hurting anyone, try it out. But you're going to find that it just, it's just not, it can leave a bad impression too. But if anything, yeah. do it the safe way, you know? Do it, do it the safe way, especially with part of, now, you know, I've, I've taken that stance for most of my career. Uh, and the thing that's crazy is there are, it, there more anomalies, um, but there are people out there that spam and, and it works. You know? <laughs> it's oh, yeah? like this email marketing up. Yep, I spam people with this. This is a special offer for something like this, 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 this. Now, I mean, these are people that are sending to large, large lists of people. And so it's like, we're sending this message to a million people we've bought. And if we get a thousand people to respond, that's a win, right? Which is a very low conversion rate. And if that's the case, you know, as a consultant, you're kind of this outside resourcing because here's the reasons why you shouldn't do that. But if you are going to do that, what I will say is don't do that with your, with your Pardot tool, right? Like right. find another tool to do that. And then when those right. thousand good ones come back in, add those thousand good ones to Pardot. So if that's part of your strategy, we can, you know, and it's working, well, good, good job. I, you know, I, I wouldn't do it for yeah. my brand, but if, if that's part of the thing, don't do all of that from, from part. I take the good stuff. And then now you've got them in your treat that as your marketing funnel. Right? right. Think of that as like your yeah unsolicited email lists. For sure, man. I think, I think the whole it's working. I've heard that too. I think it's relative, right? Because I had one company who was doing this sort of cold calling version of that, where oh, they have gosh. college students, college students, <laughs> college students dial for dollars yeah. to all these professors. Like, I guess that's the revenge of, of the student. Um, and they're like, oh, it's working and we're growing. But it was like, they were growing 1% year over year. Yeah. Like, I don't know what business you're in, but like, that's, you're not Coca-Cola. That's, yeah. you're not, you're not gaining market share here. You're yeah. barely, you're not even staying up with inflation. Like that's yeah. not growing. And they were able to fix it, not doing that stuff. But I think sometimes people are like, well, it works if we send a billion emails out, we get 10 customers out of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's all relevant. Yeah. And, and they're not, and they're not tracking and, Well, cause it's tough to track. Like, is that doing any damage to your brand yeah. for, the, for the thousand people that you're getting, you're getting um, like 999 million people or 99,000, whatever people who are right. like, Oh man, these guys are, these guys are spammers. Gosh, I would never work with them. Right. So it's like, Hey, we got a thousand wins, but how much negative is coming through on that? because of those those practices same thing applies to just even your own list on pardot you've got a thousand people 10 are ready to buy maybe abusing all of them great we got 10 to buy and now the other ones hate us and they've all unsubscribed (laughs) that that worked for this month what are you gonna do next month now you have no one left on your list because they've all unsubscribed yep it's like thinking about the long-term picture do you remember when you first started using pardot when you first saw it or marketing automation Back in the yeah. day, yeah, I remember. I was um, so I'm. I live up up here in, in Seattle, um, 
and I was a, a Microsoft working at Microsoft through a vendor for a long time, and we used Pardot to connect to Dynamics CRM. That was my introduction to Pardot. Wow. Back in the day, before it was a, a Salesforce thing, <laughs> a, like what was it Sugar CR, Sugar Pardot uh, uh, um, Dynamic and. There might have been one other one. Uh, I, don't, I, I think surprisingly, NetSuite. Yeah, it, surprisingly, That's it wasn't Zoho. And I remember, yeah, NetSuite. Um, so yeah, that was that was um, my my first. Yeah, a long time ago. How much easier now that it's on the same platform, like Salesforce to part? I don't have to worry about the integration. It just like so angels it, sing. Yeah, integration is nice. That's been a, a very interesting thing to see um, change. Where now it's just. It only plugs to Salesforce. There's no changing that configuration. Right. You switch that thing to on. And yeah, more of the implementation work is around, yeah, like setting up and training people on this yeah. is what this connected campaigns is. Here's this snippets thing. Like, and all this, what's what's great about it for our space, and you're, you're in the similar, same space, is sure. now there's all these new features that you're teaching on. And it's not so much about, we're going to go in and connect these dots for you anymore because the dots are already connected for you. So right. all right, let's go in and let's talk about how these dots connect and let's talk about how you want your business to work and, and all of these different levers that you have, all these additional like ways that you can leverage part inside of Salesforce. Um, I, I think it's cool. Um, you know, it's, it, you're solving the same problems at the end of the day. Um, there's yeah. different just external factors, like how many people are on it, how many people are now using Pardot because it's part of Salesforce? How many people are doing email marketing in general that makes us think about email marketing a little bit differently? Um, you know, um, but at the end of the day, it, it at principle, it's the same ideas and the same goals that we're looking to accomplish, just yeah. different uh, technology of getting there. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's the point, right? Your same destination, same strategies apply. You just have different ways of doing it. Maybe you can spend less on the tech now because – some of those things have been smoothed out for you. Um, got a really, maybe a tough question for you because you know so much about Pardot, marketing automation. If you were to have one tip for maximizing marketing automation, you only, you only get one, but if you had to pick one, what would it be? What would you tell people to do or think or see? One tip for marketing automation um... If it was one word, it was it. It would be clean data. <laughs> wow, you go not even just one tip, but one word, just going right to data. That's awesome. Yep, data, hey, good data call. Data is everything. Data, data is everything because you know without that, then you're in the same issue as a spammer, right? That's if you true. don't have that information, you're just a spammer, right? You're like, hey, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're about. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you need. But but here, but click here, <laughs> click click here, click here. We got. Beaver t-shirts, beaver t-shirts. Hey, you want a beaver t-shirt? Hey, you want a beaver t-shirt? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, right? <laughs> I don't know anything about you, um, but yet you might as well be trying to pick someone up at a bar. Like, come on. And, and we, we don't got time for that. We're busy here doing our, doing our jobs here. Um, it's all about being authentic and all that good stuff. I like that. It's a good tip, man. Pointing it back to data, because you could say anything, but really it takes it back to the source, the roots of it all, which is that, that side. It, it has to be. It has to be. And it, yeah, yeah, I had to pause and think about that for a little bit because yeah, cool. there's a lot that goes into it. But I think that is that it really is number one. We're, we're, I think we're two guys that are okay with the, the, the blank space, the, the, the quiet <laughs> space, right? You know? 
Thank you. Thank you. We'll just stare at each other's <laughs> eyes and we'll just wait for the response to happen. It's all good. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to consider that. But that's that's the mark of someone who's really thinking about the, the a truest answer as opposed to just being like, hey, here's my prepared answer. Here's here's you're like, oh, you know, make sure you something, something. It's like everyone just rolls their eyes, you know. But no, when yeah. you use the data, it's like, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. That is a data. good point. Yeah, yeah, we could say, well, make sure you're authentic in your brand message and there's alignment with sales and blah, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Like, brand, brand, Casey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, all, all of that stuff is important, but I think if, if right. you know, to pause and think back, to go back to the number one thing, the data's got to be good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, and if, if I'm going to extend on that now that we're, you know, long tail, it, it was be like, on your lists, I, I love Never Bounce, Bright Verify. You got one of my my old my old buddies on your team who came from Bright Verify, yeah. and um, awesome guy, love, love him. And um, you know, Bright Verify, Never Bounce, a great tool for like making sure what the data is updated that you're not sending right. to some bounce list or some catch all thing. It's so important for deliverability, right? Making sure that you're sending the valid stuff before you pop that in your in your hopper. So right. I, I double down on data. 100%. Now, I, another question for you then is you're so plugged into everything. Where do you see things going in the future? What, is there anything coming around the bend? What should we keep our eyes open for? What should be, we be on the lookout for? Maybe watch out for? Yeah, I know um, I've, I've listened to one of your podcasts in the past and you had um, this great conversation about um, AI, like uh, yeah. artificial intelligence. Um, so I think that's, that's uh, it's, it's here. It's not awesome yet. And I think a lot of the AI yeah. tools and I've, I've done some stuff with machine learning programs. And like I did a thing with like some photo detection where I was trying to teach this thing to like be able to detect photos and like do a lookalike or, oh, this shirt is this kind of Nordstrom shirt. And it was very tough. It was like everything came back as like thinking it was Morgan Freeman for some reason. Like I looked at a picture and this thing is like, it's 97% chance that's Morgan Freeman. And it's just like, I don't know why. Um, but like the, the idea of, of we have the ability, the capacity uh, as humans to create these super powerful machines that can process all this information so quickly and in real time and index through a bunch of data. We've got these like the ability to like elastic search through millions of records so quickly um that's super exciting because it's going to be like you want an answer on something right now um um you know go back to like zoom info huge database of just all this information that's available like you could just search on anything and get a result like it's it's what google is uh, i i think that that's a big part of the future so being able to index and query that stuff and i think the opportunity for the innovators in the in the room the innovators out there that are looking at like okay what do we build what's the next step um connectivity i think is also uh, mm. equally important so you've got the power to have these very powerful machines that can you know analyze data analyze information and stuff like that uh, but what comes up in every conversation if we bring that down to like what's useful for business and what's useful for business owners it's knowing that okay i've got this uh, technology stack but we need to add on this other piece or we need to you know quickly switch from this piece to that piece and the biggest challenge and i you know in the implementation space you come across come across this a lot is like oh these guys are using some new web building tool that like is some you know it's not wordpress mm -hmm. it's not this big thing but it's and it does all this awesome Something. stuff yeah. but now it's not going to connect to this and it's going to be some custom build out and, and integration and that's where there's a lot of big bucks that get spent and if, if i'm going to sit here on the phone call today and say what's well, going to be the next thing that that puts uri out of jobs it's going to be 
the ability to use this machine learning to go and find all of these conditions and then automatically connect to other stuff. So yeah. uh, connectivity and just in, like the intelligence of these machines, I think is, is the, the next step of where things are going. And um, the next big opportunity are the, are the people who are able to identify that and capitalize on it. One great example of something that already exists right now, um, and I know there's other tools along this, but like you look at Zapier, you look at the success that they've had there. I mean, how many integrations or thing like platforms are like, oh yeah, we can integrate with anything. We use this Zapier piece. <laughs> right, right. And Thanks great for Zapier, up. right? Great, great for Zapier. Zapier's yeah. got a huge network of people that are developers that are building out their API and say, so, yeah, we just have to build an API and let it talk to the Zapier thing. And then, yeah, we can say that we connect with anything that's so big right like yeah. um so i guess from a from a platform play if you could remove that piece in your infrastructure in a way that you're building out and developing your own um tools to say we can connect anything and you don't need to have a a middleware type tool that's huge um but that's that's there right now and it's a huge space because um as a business owner to be able to plug something in relatively quickly, relatively low cost, determine, okay, is this adding the value that I needed to add? If not, okay, we need to find something different, be able to plug that in, especially for, I would, for small and large businesses. Um, th that's so critical and, and so important. Um, and then if, as you're building out a stack and you're building out complex processes and let's say go back to the marketing example or the yeah. operations example, if you've got these different systems that are sending emails out separately, another conversation that comes up quite a lot is like the orchestration of, uh, we got outreach and we've got Pardot and we've got, um, Google and we've got, you know, this, um, like the service now thing that needs to send out these updates from our ticket system. How do we mm -hmm. coordinate and orchestrate all this stuff? that connectivity between systems. So par if, if Pardot is able to, right now we do it all through Salesforce, but yeah, if Pardot is able to know, okay, ServiceNow just sent this email and we have visibility to that, that's a huge win for yeah. like everyone, <laughs> like everyone. Um, so connectivity, I, I would say is like uh, the, the, next, the, the next frontier, if you will. It's a great point. I'm mean, one of the, the powers of Salesforce and why we tell people to, write their API to it. Or if you're going to, if you feel like you need to do that, do it to Salesforce because all you, then you get all the tools that they have as a part of that. Um, and if you don't, you're right, you need something like Zapier. But what's, what's funny about Zapier is it used to be that kind of like third party connector that was like this sort of like sketchy, you know, back alley Band -Aid. connector. Yep. And yep. you're like, well, if you can't get it naturally, try with the Zapier thing. Like, is it good? But you're right. It, they stuck with it. And now to have companies using it as a value prop to say, no, we do connect with everything. That's, that's the huge. The thing is before, before Zapier, what you do is you say, okay, let me go uh, spin up this virtual machine somewhere. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write some Python code, get request, get request, get request. And you know, it takes you like a, a couple of months just to build out the connectors. And then you got to go in and refresh these tokens and stuff all the sure. time. Now with Zapier, you log into a website, you click a button. All right, here's all the APIs that this allows you to do. Yeah, I want to do that. And then this is the action and you're done, right? Yeah. Like Zapier was on to something with that. So the future is going to be that, right? So if yeah. you're building it, if you're building a new uh, app, if you're building the next uh, marketing automation engine or whatever the next tool is going to be, um, you have to be able to connect to stuff. You, it, it's it's right. absolute need. Um, yeah, and I mean, and, and that's not super new. Um, no, like, yeah. I, I think, and, and, I'll, and I'll just 
speak in candor. I think it's pretty well known at this point. I, I you know, when I started working in the in the Microsoft space was right around 2007, 2008. And it was still that, you know, they had the Windows phones, remember Windows phones, and they went and bought Nokia okay. and they're like, Windows phones are going to be the thing. And um, the, the, the culture there at the time was, you know what, we are this huge brand and everyone's going to connect to us, right? Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play nice with um, other brands. And it's like, yeah, we have an option to, to work on Microsoft stuff outside of Microsoft. But the, but the mantra there was all about, it's, it's this space, everything work with us. And that opened up the door for companies like Google to come in with this thing called Google's, Google Sheets and Google Docs. That at the beginning, when that, first, when that stuff came out, you're like, oh, well, it's not Word, it's not Excel. Not Word. Gosh, this thing works with everything else. Like I can like send this to over here and send this to over here and send this over here. And now Microsoft has made a change. They've realized that like, okay, we live in this world of, we need to be able to connect to these other things. Yeah. And that's how we're gonna win this market share back. Because if you're on a development team and you're like, okay, we're building mobile apps. If you're building mobile apps, right, the first thing that we need to build our mobile app for is our iPhone, just like in the development space. And this is what Salesforce has done a great job of. If you're building a SaaS tool, the first thing that you want to make sure that you can do is connect with Salesforce, because if you can connect to Salesforce, that opens up a lot of customers for you right. in the mobile app development space. The second one was our right, Android. So you have a lot of developers, you're spending a lot of time developing for Apple. And then you have a totally, well, maybe similar, but different code set that's getting built out for Android. And you got this window phone at the time. There's all these incentives like, hey, Windows is over here. Like, hey, build for our app, build for our app, build a, a Candy Crush for Windows. And I think Candy Crush did come out for Windows or build Clash of Clans for Windows. Yeah. But these developers are like, you know what? The money is where all these people are using iPhone stuff here. And, you know, if it's, it's this world of connectivity. It's this world of playing nice with others, being mm -hmm. collaborative, being that system that, oh, yeah, you can send your information out to here. We can collect information from there. Right. Microsoft is there now. Um, right. But if they would have adopted that earlier, I think they, like this, like would we would we be using G Suite would it be as popular as it is today, if if Office three sixty five was just doing that from the like from the beginning and it was right, right. there, probably a very different landscape. Um, that yeah. not at all, man. It, it's so true, and it also reminds me of like the live collaboration on Google Docs is like yep. otherworldly. Because you don't have like, oh, this is doc 7.4. Version one, yeah. Yet I, somebody else sent a 7.4 version. We all sent the same version, but you didn't change the, the name of the doc. And then you end up having like nine saved files. Which Just one's the right one? Yeah. Yeah. It, and all this did was say, okay, let's change it together. And if you need to go back, you can, but you probably won't. Um, and move forward, man. It, you're right. It just It's like staying on top of those changes and embracing them. That's just, that's just a huge part of and it. And being able to share, being able to share your Google doc with uh, someone who is, who doesn't have a gmail.com, right? They can be on another platform. You can still share your information with them and they can go into a web browser, yeah. right? They don't have to have a licensed piece of software to be able to access this stuff. It's right. like free. Why would you give it away for free when people are going to pay for it? Look what they've done. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Um, and people still, still pay for it. People still buy the G suite to upgrade the storage. And um, so, 100%. I mean, it starts with connectivity, right? If you can connect and play nicely with other people and plug into other things, um, that that is that that's the most important. Totally, because part of your thing. I mean, I even bought a terabyte to store all these crazy podcasts because they they started getting so much space. But yeah, but it's so easy. Boop boop. Thanks Google, you're already part of my thing. They yep. just own that space, and so it makes you think that if you're ever going to do anything with, you know, I'm sure Word has it now, but I don't even care. But <laughs> they have the thing maybe where. They, 
do they have a collaboration? Can I do that? The yeah, live yeah, yeah. So yeah, all, all that is now on the, it's like a office online. It's part of your office 365 Got stack. It. You okay. can do all of that stuff. Now, like you were saying, you, there was a, there was a, a need that came up and you probably were going through this in summer, like 2010 or something, 10 right. years ago. You're like, I can't do this here, but I can do this. Here. That situation was so many people at the time. Right. And like, they, they kind of missed the boat. <laughs> they kind of missed they the boat. Yeah, they did. Well, I'm always a little skeptical of anything that Microsoft buys. Like usually they kill it like Skype poor RIP Skype. It was great. We all used it. And then so how do you feel about LinkedIn? LinkedIn, fingers crossed, knock yeah. on wood, yeah. knock on everything here. I like yeah. LinkedIn. Don't mess it up. Yeah. So who are you, man? I, we've learned, been learning a lot. We've been swapping a lot of strategies, but like, who are you? Take us yeah. back to like little Brandon days. I'm just like, a guy. Like growing up you, did you know you're <laughs> marketing Kahuna, big boss, you know, like what's the deal? Yeah. Um, so, so who am I? Um, so I, I grew I grew up in Seattle, the area code nine, eight, one, seven, eight, which, uh, in, at the time was, I think like one of the most diverse, uh, area codes in the u.s or some kind of weird stat That's like cool. that um i i say uh for, for the because you know you asked this in the pre-interview i grew up I, I call it hood adjacent so the <laughs> you know the way the way that most hoods are set up is you got your bad blocks and you got your blocks that aren't so bad i was on one of the blocks that wasn't so bad but i was still in in the area you um, could like walk kind of like being in san fran you could like walk the wrong way exactly and, like san francisco yeah, yeah. exactly like san francisco okay. where it's like you go three three blocks down the wrong way and you're like oh this is this is bad um and uh, my, my mom is an educator dad was nice. a telecommunications consultant worked for the phone company for a long time um and because uh this the public schools um were were pretty poor um my, my parents pulled me out of public school in like third grade and put me in private school in fourth grade okay. and um with private school you, you know you're dealing with different kids it's like everyone has nice shoes jordans and stuff like that my parents are like yeah we're not getting any of that stuff for you so what what my mom, mom did i played soccer we talked a little about soccer yeah um, one of the first jobs i ever got she's like oh look they need referees for soccer so she signed me up to take this referee class and I was like 10 years old refereeing like four-year-old. I might've been older than 10. I don't, I was, I was young. I was young and I was a referee and um, that was like my first job. And um, um, I, I, I've always had to, like, if I wanted to get a thing, my parents were like, yeah, get it, get a job and work for the thing. So I've done wow. all kinds of odd jobs, all kinds of sales jobs like you you name it i graduated from college in uh 2007 which was like a huge like uh, recession yeah. there was like no jobs coming out of sure. college so um i got a degree in broadcasting um which was like i was very passionate about i wanted to get a job in broadcasting and then interviewing and like every radio station is like well yeah here's what we want to do we want to dress you up as like a baby and have you like <laughs> run around the space needle and like you know ask people what their favorite candy was and we're going to pay you minimum wage to do it or or you're going to be volunteering to do that i'm like ah no so i, I got a job selling cars um in redmond uh, jaguar land rover of, of bellevue was my first grown-up nice. job uh, you, you um, were right you were right up there huh you didn't go you didn't start at uh 
A used car dealer? You went right for it. Went, 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 went right for it. Went, went right for it. And, um, you know, so in there it was in Bellevue, right next to where Microsoft was. So you're selling yeah. Range Rovers and then um, got a job to work for a domain registrar uh, called Enom. Um, sold, sold a vehicle to one of the, the executive presidents there. And he said, Brandon, I like the way you talk. You want to sell? Is your mission to sell cars your whole life or do you want to do something different? So I was like, hey, man, I'll. <laughs> Sounds like a military recruiter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I worked there at a, as at a domain registrar and, and reseller sales. So we're working with hosting companies that yeah. are, you know, like incorporating SSL certificates. They would resell those through uh, this company, Enom. And then um, uh, from there, um, did, did my own thing, started my own hosting company and web development company back then, um, started doing uh, vendor work for Microsoft that rolled up eventually into um, getting involved inside of Pardot. And, right. and that's, that's how I got here. So a lot of just learning the technical stuff, like just the, the sleepless nights of learn, teaching myself how to code and teaching right. myself different coding languages and all of that good stuff. Background really has been uh, sales and even with the hosting company. So the interesting hosting company, that's a company called Local Direct. And it was hosting company and payment processing. So I had a relationship as what's called an ISO independent sales operative of a pre credit card processing. Sure. Literally knocking door to door, Casey. I was doing the door to door thing. Going to be like, hey, let me see your let me see your last month uh, payment processing statements. If I can beat it, um, switch over to me, and I'll also build you a free website. That was my angle. <laughs> um, nice. And uh, it, it it worked, but it was it was tough, right? Tough yeah. work. And uh, it's a grind, man. Door to door. Door to door grind, and like as soon as you stop, you're not paying your bills. So um, it was yeah. it was good to to move on, and and that got and that that opened up the door for a lot of the. Microsoft slash technical selling jobs because yeah. you knew a lot about domains, know a lot about websites, know a lot about like payment processing stuff, and um, and then rolled that into a bunch of Salesforce knowledge really over the last seven years. And uh, now um, I run a, a small boutique uh, Pardot um, Pardot shop in the in the wake of the large Cheshire Impact. Ah. Um, we've we've got a, a small little niche segment that we work with, a few sure. great clients, and and that's that's what we're doing. Right on, man. You got the Space Needle. You got Mount Rainier. Got, all those got the Space Needle. Company. Mount Rainier. That's, you, that's you never right. had to dance around it and give out candy. Ne never never did that. That, um, you, you know, just... It, it, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, there's there's, there's better opportunity. <laughs> Nobody... it, it's, it's tough, you know. And, and so I went to college, uh, Minot State University, North, North Dakota. I went out there on a, on a football scholarship. Wow, North Dakota. North Dakota, yeah. Football the scholarship? Football scholarship. They, they, when they recruited me, they said, hey, why not, my not, right? Uh, ah, long right. story, total separate, separate conversation. Great school, great people out there. Um, that's where I got my broadcasting degree. Got offered a job. Um, I realized uh, they say, why not, my not? I didn't know the answer after um, going to school there. I had a reason, and, and freezing's the reason. Why not, ah. my not? the reason, because it gets cold in the wintertime, like negative 30s, like there would be days where – they'd be like alerts don't go outside for longer than 10 minutes or you will die right so it's just oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like very uh you know yeah so um uh didn't didn't want to like continue living there after school loved it loved the people there i've, I've gone back a few times for like alumni type things right. um but moved back to Seattle, uh, looked for like, okay, what's the, the, the broadcasting job? Very difficult space to get into. Um, oh, totally. And you're just, you know, you got to start in small markets and bounce around and move a lot. And, uh, but uh, very happy with, with where, with the path that I've chosen. For sure, man. I, you know, radio, I even did some radio stuff early on. It, it, 
and it's all it's kind of like vaporware because you don't have any tracking you don't know anything so selling advertisements for that you just ugh, you just have to like make up stuff so but i think it's almost like 20 years later or 30 40 years later now we have podcasts and things like that where suddenly all those people who we ignored actually know what they're talking about with sound and with these kind of things in radio shows and gimlet media and all these different kind of audio shows that now are really popular well, and you can track the ROI better, right? Because you yeah. can see who's list. You've got the connectivity. You've got the insights. It's like, oh, yeah, we're using this this podcasting tool. We can see who's listening to the podcast. We can see how many clicks we've got. We, The last podcast, we've had a million views. So do you want to advertise, right? Yeah, advertise and connect. And it's, it's almost like it's breathed life back into that whole category. So I'm surprised you don't have a podcast yet. Are you going to do that at some point? Um, you, you know, um, I would like to, it's, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm right. I'm in the, I'm in the, the services grind. I am, I am where I'm where you were at probably uh, six, seven years ago, where it's just like, there's just so much work that has to get done and so much deliverable and making sure that the, that the ship is floating um, that I can't step away from the ship. And the few times where I've tried to step away from the ship and like, okay, let's focus on this other thing. I instantly get pulled right back into the ship to find out where the holes are. So that's, sure. that's, that's the world that I'm living in right now. A lot of me. project support, a lot of getting things and a lot of make deliverability, making sure people are happy with things. Um, you know, I've started, I've got a little, uh, YouTube channel, um, oh, nice. where we just posting some tips and tricks and we do uh, very similar tips and trick type stuff. Um, you, you know, me, I'm, um, pretty marketing sales technical type guy is, is, yeah. is the, the world that I live in. Um, so it's, a lot of the stuff is around that. Uh, there'll, there'll be a podcast coming, coming soon. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure of it. And uh, when that happens, I'd love to, love to have you. Yeah. Until then, man, we'll just keep having you come back on this one. We'll just, I'd love to, I'd love to. I'd love up all the time. Stuff. Yeah. On the regular. Um, Talking about rugby and soccer and T-ball. That's it, man. And you know what? We've already talked to marketing. So what's left? Let's get to the good <laughs> stuff. Right. So um, a question for you around this whole career, this whole path, you really, you put in the work and all these different places you've been at. Um, hypothetical, if you can go back in time and advise yourself, you get to go meet yourself right after you graduated, got that degree, you're in my not, and you're thinking, why not? You know, why not? And so you're like, what am I going to do now with my career? You got goofy radio stations offering you jobs and stuff. If you can go back and talk to yourself, then what kind of advice would you give yourself? Um, <laughs> this is going to be funny, um, is, uh, buy land as soon as you can. It has nothing to do with marketing. If I could go back funny. and talk to young Brandon, it'd be like, you know what? Buy that condo, buy that plot of land, buy that thing. Because, uh, <laughs> maybe that's not the answer you're looking for, but that's the most honest answer I that's can provide. The answer, man. <laughs> Bu- buy, buy things that are, um, uh, positive grossing assets, right? Like invest in things that are going to give you a return versus like buying a car, buying that car that makes you look super cool when you're going out. If any advice would be, you don't have to look cool. You don't have to have like the, the nicest clothes or the nicest car going to the clubs and doing all that fun stuff. It's fun to be social and it's fun to have all that. And, and I think I had to go through that experience, but uh, sure. if, I, if I could talk to my young self again, it would be, um, every effort that you're putting in invest in something that's going to help you out in the future. Oh, I love that. Uh, super, super wise words there. And can you imagine how you would react to like, 
I wouldn't. I would ignore myself. My mom taught me Papa that. Papa Brandon coming in, be like, "Listen up." Yeah, <laughs> I would have ignored him. I would have ignored him. I would have been this is the same thing. It'd have been like the same story over and over again. <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening right now. Maybe this is just all a loop in your story, I'm, and I'm just a supporting supporting subroutine. You know? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so now we get weird we're not even we're not even smoking anything what's going on that was the other one this is one of those joe rogan type shows <laughs> i know right one day my friend one day <laughs> i don't think we could do that in new hampshire yet so we'd have to come not to yet place. or we, we can both meet up in oregon <laughs> you could you could do that here um you, you smell it everywhere you go up here it's like um it's like oxygen i guess <laughs> oh okay you heard it here you heard it here. You smell the oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's been up here and they've gone to like the Pike Place Market in the last few years knows exactly. <laughs> the Pike Place, Pike Place Market used to smell like flowers and fish and stuff fish. like that. Now it just smells like weed. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny though if you could be like, uh, give me some lemon over here. Let me... <laughs> Package gets thrown your way. So they used oh, yeah. to sell fish. Now they sell other things. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's happened. It's already there. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. This is, this is wild. This is fun. Um, I, we can, I feel like we can just hang out and talk forever. How, how's the family going? I know you're, you, you're growing. I keep seeing them on Instagram, the kids. Yeah. What's it like being dad? The best I, papa I ever. I, I, I love it. That I, I love it. it you know, um, I, I think it was really, really was having kids that, that prompted that grow up in me right that yeah. uh you know go from like hey as long as i have a a, a, a cool car and you, you you know like um that's all that matters hey, kids just change so much you know they, sure. they they really are my, my drive and my motivation it's amazing how how things shift um and it's almost like you realize another layer of existence or another layer of importance it puts it in perspective you're like oh yeah i really like winning a soccer game and you're like that is the best feeling in the world and you're like or you know the next experience you have is when your kid like runs at you because you just came home from a trip or you came home from being in the basement doing work and they're like dad or papa right and you're like oh okay i see <laughs> this all puts it all in perspective you know yeah yeah it's uh it, it gives you a reason it gives it gives you a reason to to do anything um i think as a as a bachelor you're like all right i just have to make this to be happy and be comfortable and if i make more that's awesome that's great um, right. when you've got people who are dependent on you like it it, it lights a it lights a fire at least oh, for it sure for me. yeah for sure it does hey we're i know we're running out of time here where can people connect with you yeah, um, cypresslearning.com is the website. Um, that would be the, or, or LinkedIn, uh, Brandon Walton, uh, Cypress Learning LinkedIn, um, if you want to reach me directly. Um, our website is cypresslearning.com. Uh, nice. Check us out, see what we're about. We, we do add some, uh, you know, help videos on there, just some high level Pardot Salesforce help videos. We'll feature like two to three videos at a time. Nice. Um, yeah, or just DM me on LinkedIn. Um, nice. In Twitter too, you're, cyber learning. You, uh, no, you know, I've, I've stayed away from Twitter. I've stayed away from Twitter. I know that I've, everyone's like, oh, Twitter is where it's at. And, and I was involved for a long time, but um, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, I, now I, it's just I, a bunch I, of bots and angry people. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've been on Twitter. So I'd say link, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is where I'm at. Um, that's the social media network that, uh, that yeah. you can find me on. And, and I'll post articles and helpful stuff from there from time to time also. Yeah, LinkedIn's where it's at. Please, Microsoft, don't ever 
change please, it. Please, please. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a crime if you do that. Um, this is awesome, man. Hey, thanks for coming on here. This has just been yeah. fun to shoot the shit, talk soccer, talk about all these different passions, and also, you know, learn about marketing and just kind of hash some stuff out. Absolutely. Yeah, great, great doing this. Casey, if you want to do this again, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll do this again with you. Absolutely. I had a blast. We'll do, man. We'll probably have to book off some more time seeing how we, we love to talk. This is good stuff. Um, <laughs> hey, those listening, if you learned something, I know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. Um, share this with someone, right? Be a thought leader to one person, 12 people, 38, 194, however many connections you have. LinkedIn's a great platform for that. But don't just share it put what you learned. Like Brandon's talking about so many things here. The rule of five that he has his ordered list. He's probably going to change it on us, but that's okay. Post unordered it. list, unordered list, that unordered list, a, right? Post a UL, it. not an tag OL. Us. Yeah, yeah, ta exactly. <laughs> Definitely tag Brandon on this because he will hop in there and, and collaborate with you on that. So, but that's what real thought leadership is. It's sharing things you've learned with other people. So go ahead and do that again, man. Thanks for coming on here. This has been a blast. Great. Thanks Casey. Have a good one. You bet, man. For all those Peace. listening, it's been the Hardcore Marketing Show. <laughs> all right, thanks. Next time.